Frank Talbot is a very talented Wellington-based saxophonist and composer who is bringing his quartet down to Dunedin to play at the Albany Street Jazz Loft on the 29th of this month. Tickets are still on sale for, for that event at $25 each. There may still be some student tickets for sale when this goes to air, or there may not be. I'm not entirely sure, but general admission tickets are $25 each. And the doors will open at 6pm with music at 7. Frank joins me today uh, to talk about his music a little bit further. Hi, Frank. How are you going? Uh, very well, thanks. And a, a little better after that lovely introduction. Thank Great. You that, 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 that's what it's all about. So I thought it would be great if you could give listeners a little bit of context, you know, and talk about your musical background a little bit. I know that you studied in Wellington, but I also know that you've played on any number of recordings or collaborated with any number of people who are uh, outside the jazz genre as well. So do you want to talk a, a little bit about your background, maybe how you discovered the saxophone, how you got into playing jazz, and how you ended up where you are today? Sure. Absolutely. The, so the saxophone, I think, I feel like I had a vague idea of it as a as a somewhat cool looking thing and sounding thing as a as a as a child and i believe it was it was one of my old teachers um julia cornfield came along to our school who was the teacher there and played a few of the instruments and i was like man that instrument is very cool um, sounds great you know I'd, I'd like to learn that i had learned um some music in the past i'd done a sort of kids music course thing before you know the ones where you learn the ukulele and the little like few guitar chords and yeah 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 basic recorder and whatnot yeah, and yeah. then i'd gone on to do violin lessons for a bit and thought i wasn't very good and found reading music quite difficult mm-hmm. and given that up um mm-hmm. but seeing that sax bonnet i i had a newfound <laughs> you know concept i was like let's let's try this again with, yeah, with yeah, this yeah. one this instrument looks cool and and she told me uh, you're too small for the saxophone here's a clarinet <laughs> right um, right so so i learned the clarinet which which i still play to this day that was yeah. i actually play clarinet in in the royal new zealand air force band right and i studied that while at the new zealand school of music hmm. i did the concerto competition and whatnot with that but at, at a later point eventually she said, you know, I remember you wanted to, to do the saxophone after we've been doing the clarinet for probably three or four years or so. This would have been about mm. year seven or eight when I was in intermediate mm-hmm. school. It's like, let's, shall, shall we get you onto the saxophone? And, you know, I, to some to some extent, I'd almost, I, I hadn't lost a, a, a lust for it in any way, but I'd, I'd, it had sort of dropped from the forefront of my mind at that very point. But as soon as she brought it up, it was, you know, straight into it. Yeah. Was very keen and... My my mother at the time had been doing the sort of carrying the stock of the rental instruments for a, a local music center. Mm-hmm. Um, so she actually managed to pick up a saxophone quite cheap. I think only sort of two or three hundred dollars or so mm-hmm. um, out of the out of their rental stock. So mm-hmm. I'd have something to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of you know all, all moved on from there. I think jazz first came about. Uh, when I was in high school, we had the concert band, we had mm. the string orchestra, we had a choir, 
a few barbershop quartets mm. and we had uh, a big band mm. and the big band was uh, at least from my perspective by far the coolest and the, <laughs> and the best sounding yeah. um, and yeah. tended to have the highest musicianship at least among yeah. the instrumental groups they did it we did have some quite good singers from memory but yeah yeah among the instrumental groups the big band was sort of mm-hmm. the elite-ish band i mm. suppose you could mm. say at, at my high school um and in hearing them play at assembly you know i wanted to be a part and as right. luck had it um my music teacher came to me one day uh, he knew I, I was playing clarinet um in the concert band at the time mm. and he said I, I i've heard you play some saxophone i said um yeah <laughs> and he's like righto um come along to big band <laughs> And next week we'll have you on Alto too, and mm. that was great. And and yeah, things kind of happened like that, of it mm-hmm. just randomly getting thrown in the deep end. Uh, mm. About a year later, maybe not even that. After playing in big band for a bit, my, my teacher said, "Are you are you free this Friday?" It happened to be my birthday that Friday, just out of coincidence, but uh, mm. I was. And he said, "Right, um, you're playing a gig. Uh, here's the charts." Um, you know, you got three days to learn them. Uh, and I'd never played a small group jazz combo thing in my life. And I think I spent most of my, my time that night and the next night and whatnot just trying to practice these these tunes. There were some tough ones. There were a couple of Charlie Parker ones and whatnot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I bluffed my way through it enough. I think I learned the heads fine. Mm. Improvisation was was a growing thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that and that sort of carried on i got a teacher that showed me some of you know how to actually approach jazz improvisation um over chord progressions and whatnot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know eventually i met some people uh like 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 roger fox um mm-hmm. and i think i think dave lissick had, had been up at some point yeah. and had a yarn and and roger manins and, yeah. and other yeah. great people oh, that, great. Um, oh yeah i was going yeah. to the cjc yeah. quite regularly in Auckland oh, okay for a while and okay. and yeah and that 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 all kind of ended up bringing me down to Wellington. Ah, uh, I see. Um, and and yeah and and, and that, that was where I furthered the education, both both classical clarinet and and saxophone, yep. as I'd mentioned. Yep. Uh, and and you know playing in the school big band eventually blossomed into playing in the Roger Fox big band, mm-hmm. which I still do to this day, and mm. uh, was was lucky enough to to go with them over to um, New Orleans and uh, New York. Mm, but we mm. recorded uh, the most recent album yeah. Um, yeah. last year. Was that last? Year? That was last year. It's hard yeah. to think, but yeah. that was January of 2020 before everything really hit the fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's plenty of waffle. Uh, yeah. If you want yeah. me to cut off there, I, uh, I suppose yeah. I could talk a bit no. about um, other collaborations. I suppose if you wanted. Yeah, no, no, that's great. But uh, um, and uh, it's it's great to hear about those experiences you've had with you know some of the big names in New Zealand jazz. And it's interesting that um, you, you'd sort of had this contact with a number of people already up in Auckland before you made the decision to then go down to Wellington, which is, you know, sort of considered by many people the jazz capital of New Zealand. I I was just uh, also curious, though, as I said before, about, you know, perhaps uh, other people you've worked with outside of jazz as well and how that might have come about. Mm. Well, I mean, I've always been been interested in a a variety of genres, I suppose, as as a I mean, as a kid, I think my favorite records were were some of my parents' um, split ends and crowded yeah, house yeah, recordings. Yeah, 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 same actually. <laughs> some, some of my favorites there, and 
and getting into sort of the end of kind of around about intermediate school, high school mm. was all sort of heavy metal and especially mm. progressive metal mm-hmm. really took my ear. Yeah, it, actually, um, it sounds like sounds like we've got kind of a similar kind of early musical background in that regard. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, I, I and, and you know, I, it's it's definitely not a disconnected too. one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, I, I know lots of my lots of my colleagues that went to jazz school. Um, equally, there's not all by by any means, but there's there's definitely a strong interest in in heavy metal, and I mm. think um, I, I definitely hate to put value judgments in the sense of people calling things art music or 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 whatnot. Sometimes leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but mm. if, if purely for um, ease of communication. We could call more technical music, I suppose, yeah, sure, in some sure. aspect. Um, right, yeah. n- not to say that really means anything's better or worse, but mm. just in in that kind of sense, I guess that attracts more music geeks, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you tend to yeah, find both true. that sort of progressive metal kind of stuff, especially if people get very theory heavy and technique heavy. Mm. Um, mm. I, I think has a lot of parallels. With with the way people operate in, in jazz circles and, and in, in classical circles as well yeah, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, jazz jazz didn't really hit my ears till as I said later in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, collaboration wise, yeah, I've I've done things with. I mean, there was most recently there was a, a progressive metal band, progressive rock and metal, I guess, um, band from Auckland wanted some saxophone parts done, yeah. um, and. Yeah, there's 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 always similarities in the sense you know you always want to play in tune, you always want to play in time, yeah. uh, you always want to play with it with a good sound, and yeah. the notes of a of a B minus seven chord don't change. There's still a B minus seven <laughs> yeah. at the end of yeah. the day. Although you yeah. you you might you know you you might emphasize different notes. Of course, right, right, right. If it was, a, right, right. It was yeah. a pop recording, you yeah. might be playing yeah. more pentatonically, and if yeah. if it was a, a metal recording, you. You probably could add more dissonance as you yeah, would in yeah, jazz. Yeah. You might yeah, tend towards sure. some of those more diminished sounds. Sure. Um, and 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 certainly making more use of some of the sort of avant-garde um, kind of uh, more sp- sporadic kind of aggressive sounding sort mm. of growl and, and other mm. timbres. Mm. Um, mm. I suppose could have made more use of as I did in recording for um, another colleague of mine Chris Bianink um, right, wrote right. A, a heavy metal big band suite <laughs> yeah 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 um, that was his whole master's thesis yep um, and I suppose I, I mentioned pop in there as well mm. and um, you know I, I play in the in the in the Julie Lamb outfit at the mm. moment oh okay so yep I, I, I wouldn't describe as you know just a straight pop band I guess perhaps a pop band if we were in the maybe 80s or so right okay um, in the yeah sense when 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 there were horns and, yep. and guitars yep. Yep. and all these things okay yeah popular I, music i get and kind of I, funk style kind yeah, of stuff yeah and um and I, I definitely have to to think sometimes about playing in a more commercial setting is perhaps the wrong term <laughs> but, but 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 more uh, a little more diatonically, perhaps. Right, right, right. Part. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, less, less chromatically. Yeah. You know, really utilize those kind mm. of more pentatonic or, or very, as I mentioned, diatonic kind of sounds. I mean, not that, not that I strictly mm. adhere to that. And and I think, you know, Julie definitely values having that kind of, you know, slightly different background. Right, right, right. In, yeah. In there as a as a. Has a slightly different sound sometimes, mm. but it's it, it's one 
you know, I, I, I definitely have to think a little bit about, about what I'm doing and mm. how that approaches. But it, it, some of it is is kind of natural in some ways. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're if 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 you're if your drummer and your rhythm section and everything is is playing, uh, I don't know, a, a, a slow sort of classic twelve eight blues feel mm. kind mm. of rock thing, you know, you, you it would feel very unnatural to play how you would play over a ballad. Um, or, yeah, or yeah, to play yeah. some kind of very metal style sweeping <laughs> kind of kind of lick over that you, you know it's it's kind of it, it's informed by what's going on in the yeah, band yeah, around yeah. you so sure um, may, maybe to some extent you're not you're probably not always consciously thinking about what adjustments you're making even if you are hmm. and you know obviously from playing in classical settings as well it definitely gives another kind of another hat to put on i suppose yeah 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 yeah. when you're playing um there's definitely there's a little more formality with regards to what kind of sound you want to be playing with Mm, mm. that there's there's a little bit more of a box of this is the kind of clarinet sound that you want yes Um, sure which i mean i really like that sound so i have no complaints (laughs) um and uh, so, so rhythm is definitely felt a little bit differently there. It's it's not yep. always a strict, um, constant pulse. Yes, is, yes. So it's a little bit more of a reactionary. Yeah, yeah. Kind of even flow. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and and that and that really forces you to listen to your fellow musicians. Yep. I mean, you always should be, but um, <laughs> to make sure that you're together there, and I, I think that really gives me a good sense as well of. Um, I think accuracy and um, and blend, yeah, as yep. well. Obviously, blend is 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 strongly valued in in chamber music, mm. especially, mm. Um, and and yeah. I mean, I mean, not not that I think any other genre discards it in any way, but classical music having such a long pedagogical tradition, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there are very strict ways of playing things which has its ups and downsides yeah, but yeah, yeah. but it forces you to look at each note and each articulation mm. um in a very kind of intense manner yeah, i suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. and 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 i think you know with, with everything i do um i i try and see what i can cross credit so to speak mm. in the sense mm. of you know if, if i'm doing uh, specific exercises on on really really watching my articulation or my tuning or my time or whatever and doing that i'm gonna start doing that in in my jazz playing yeah or sure. or, or uh, you know i hobby playing heavy metal guitar as well <laughs> doing right. the same there and and yeah. and likewise if i'm uh from the sort of style of of learning in jazz obviously one of the traditions is learning through transcription mm. um so I kind of tried in in the same manner when I was learning like a concerto or or a sonata or something mm. um, to actually see what I could pick up by ear, um, right, right, on the clarinet and 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 imitate some of the masters mm. and, and mm. the way they played things and not mm. necessarily to copy them yeah. on the concert but to mm. to have that that input um, mm. going going in I suppose mm. when, you, mm. when you're playing. So yeah, it's, I I I always try and find what I can you know take the best of both mm. worlds, I guess, mm. so to speak. Um, and and I've I've learned some uh, um, John Petrucci solos on the on the saxophone at, at, <laughs> at some point. Um, the the lead guitarist of 
a heavy metal band called Dream Theater for any, any listeners that mm-hmm. um, are unaware. Uh, I know you are, Alex, but the, um, uh, and and you know, I, I I think there's there's value to be found from that. There's definitely, and there's obviously guitarists will take, they'll have different, uh, what's the word I want. Mm. you know kind of stylistic manners of of playing you know there's very yep. saxophone specific kind of thing some people might be doing and in the same way you know guitarists have a different way of of bending say I, one of yep. the most interesting things i think i found about it and there was a really beautiful bend in his solo on Goodnight kiss on six degrees of inner turbulence mm. um and and what i realized in trying to imitate it is that of course it being a guitar um he bends it up and mm. then, of course, it bends all the way back down. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of and, course. and that's maybe not unheard of in saxophone, but I feel like often, you know, bends will go up or bends. Mm. Um, yeah, often, you you know, usually up, it's it's much easier. Mm. Um, and and it was at least new for me, you know, to, to bend it up and then, you know, all the way very, you know, bit by bit back down in a very smooth mm. manner um but i liked that sound and yeah i know yeah. i've heard michael brecker talk about the same kind of thing and uh, obviously he was very involved in fusion mm. and whatnot and and I, I understand he spent a lot of time um imitating guitar players yeah um, yeah yeah playing. Uh, but i i'm perhaps not quite as good as michael brecker <laughs> yet. Well, no, that that that's great. So you've obviously taken a very considered approach to these these various different fields of music you've worked in and uh, found specific things that you can pull out and you can take other places, which is really interesting. Um, I was just thinking on the subject of style and all of these stylistic references that are sort of flowing. Who have you been listening to as a saxophonist recently? I was thinking actually specifically in terms of saxophonists. Is there anyone you're listening to a lot at the moment? Um, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I heard on your on your on your show that I the technical difficulties um, <laughs> forbade us from from ending up on. But yeah. um, I heard you were playing some Chris Potter. Yep, that's right. Um, who you know is is perhaps a, a, a safe pick, um, but, uh, you know, he, he's a safe pick for a reason. He's, he's you know, one of the most phenomenal players uh, of the time. And, and I, was, I actually was recently spending some time uh, learning some of his solo on um, a track called OP, um, which stood for Oscar Pettiford, um, which mm-hmm. was a, a track on uh, one of the Mingus Big Band recordings. Right, right, right. Um, and and his time and his articulation, everything is is just impeccable mm. on that. And the ideas very feel very fresh and and just flow off one after the other very naturally. Um, just as we speak, um, I I just paused. I was listening to um, an album called. Oh, I'll have to remind myself to make sure I don't get the, the name wrong. Is it Catton with Coltrane and Kinchinet? It is Catton with Coltrane and Kinchinet. I, I may be pronouncing the second name wrong there. <laughs> Apologies, but um, right. it's a great look, album of, of two, two saxophone players. Obviously, John Coltrane. Yeah. Um, phenomenal, influential player. Uh, and a chap called Paul Kinchinet. Mm. Um, and Coltrane was someone I'd gone into perhaps a little later to be honest yeah, right. he, he didn't okay. quite catch my ear initially i think mm. a lot of people find that um but he's he's really been um in my ears for the last year or two or so um mm. 
My- Michael Brecker, yeah, um, I know I mentioned earlier, is is one definitely most new Cannonball Adderley. Yep, yeah, um, yeah, sure. Big favorite of mine. Actually, um, to to pick a slightly less obvious one, I suppose uh, Earl Bostick. Okay, um, is yep. is someone uh, I've spent a bit of time with recently. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you familiar with his work at all? Not really. It's a name that uh, I know, but I don't. I don't really know his stuff. But I'll I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um. He's he's. Uh, a really great alto player that there's there's many stories um of him you know just smoking everyone else at the jam session mm, including mm. charlie parker so yeah so right said, yeah um you know there was a quote from someone that said you know what have you played it at the you know you play something at the jam session uh earl bostick would play it back in three different keys play something <laughs> else and, and then and then play it up three octaves um he's, he's yeah. well known for having an incredible altissimo register i, I think it was art blakey said he was the most incredible technician of the saxophone he'd ever seen um and I, i'm yeah. told he he actually w- uh, taught coltrane some tricks uh mm. at some point Mm, but he, mm. he 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 has I'm, I'm not sure if there's any recordings of him playing jazz the so mm. the stories from some of those greats like like coltrane or, or art blakey or, um or, or the rest but mo- most of his recordings um were of a he was quite into that kind of rock and roll sax kind of thing. right 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 um, yeah, okay which he's great at um and the recordings mm. are, are fantastic um uh, one you, you, you have a look at if you if you want to play is, is up mm. there and in, in is it up there in orbit or up there into orbit? Mm. I can't remember exactly, but it's great piece. Um, has uh, some of the most astounding technical saxophone stuff. Um, you hear, and this is back in the fifties, mm. and he's playing higher than most guys can play today. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I'm 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 not sure if it was if he didn't like the style for recording purposes if or if he was just looking to make more of a living commercially or or, mm. or what it, it, they're they're all phenomenal recordings but i mm. guess he's somewhat forgotten in the jazz yeah, tradition yeah, yeah. because he didn't really record in that sense right right okay yeah that that's interesting i'll I'll see if i can track down a couple of those albums and maybe in, incorporate a couple of tracks in the yeah. playlist oh, for, for the show well, actually one other interesting one worth mentioning, I suppose, um, was one I just kind of recently got back into that mm. I used to listen to quite a bit. I've been listening to again. Is there's an Italian trio called Zoo? Might be Zoo um, or even Su. Um, it's it's mm. Z U is how it's spelled anyway. Oh um, yeah 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 actually yeah I know the name and weren't they kind of I could be wrong here I'm just riffing off the top of my head but weren't they kind of in the seventies uh, associated with that kind of rock and opposition movement like you know kind of Universe Zero and Henry Cow kind of avant prog rock or am am I completely off base and thinking about someone else entirely? <laughs> um, the style sounds right. Yeah yeah yeah. The, the but they are they later don't. or something? Because okay, um, yeah. they're—I—I I don't think they made their first albums till maybe the nineties. Nineties, so. okay, um, yeah. And uh, you know, and and, and throughout the two thousands okay. and whatnot. But, okay. but um, maybe, yeah, maybe, really, maybe. really fascinating. Um, it's a trio. It's just a drummer, a bassist, and a baritone saxophonist. Oh, um, okay, cool. And and they sort of started off in a. Yeah, a kind of rock avant-garde, perhaps sort of free jazz influenced, 
Mm. I, I think there's probably some influence from some guys like John Zorn, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, would have an influence on yep. on them, I would yep. say. Um, and and as as time went on, I think I think they got um, heavier. You know, yep. there's some of their stuff you could probably pretty easily classify as as a sort of instrumental metal right, album, right. even yep. if they're was little or no guitar it yeah, was mostly or, the baritone doing or, that or kind of verg- verging um, on noise rock even kind of in, in that kind of sphere yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah some of it would would I, I would say would classify yeah 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 cool okay that's that's really interesting that's an, certainly an interesting bunch of influences to uh wet the whistle of our potential uh ticket buyers and listeners for the gig which uh, i'll just mention again to do a plug this is frank Tolbot i've been talking to and he's uh bringing his quartet down to play at the albany street jazz loft as part of the south island tour he's doing uh, and he'll be doing that on the 29th of october tickets are on sale for 25 dollars general admission and you can find them via eventbrite so a couple of other things i was going to ask frank um your quartet consists of a number of uh, really fine players who uh you know, reasonably in demand around Wellington, as far as I could tell when I was up there last. Uh, Phoebe Johnson on double bass, uh, who's a young kind of up-and-coming bass player. Ayrton Foot on piano, who's a really um, strong, strong uh, keyboard man. And uh, is it Jeremy Jeremy Richardson? Jerome Richardson? Good. Jeremy Richardson no, Jeremy. on drums. That's right. So uh, how long have you been playing with this particular lineup and what are the what are some of the things you really enjoy uh, about playing with these particular performers? Um, it's a funny one um, with with jazz groups. Sometimes when you know how long have, have has this band been playing together, mm. and that in a sense, um, the answer could be a day or two. And yep. In a sense, yeah. the answer could be like five years. Or yeah, two, yeah, or yeah. More. Sure. Um, <laughs> and and that. Um, and that you've you know, jammed it's, with it's, them a fair bit in the past, you know. I mean, you know, maybe more formal than than just jammed. But yeah. The um the, I guess how how you know the tradition kind of is is it's not so much like like a rock band or something where yeah, you form sure. this band and that's the band. Mm. Um, it's in the sense of you know you've got a gig, you've got your music. Yeah. Um, and you know good bass players, good pianists, mm. good drummers. Good guitarists, good trumpet players, good whatever, um, and you call, you know who you want, um, yep. and and yep. who's available, um, which I quite like. You know, I mean, you sort of have a whole community um, of people you play with, and, um, and and you know you get to share the love a little bit, and yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, play with sure. more people. Um, so, but but you're right in that all, all of them I've played with plenty. Um, the the one I've played with the longest would actually be Phoebe, mm. um, who who I went to high school with and mm-hmm. was actually on that first gig I played on on my uh, oh god what would have been would have been my thirteenth birthday mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um back no sorry no it would have been later than that it would have been my fifteenth birthday my apologies mm. um uh, uh and so so I've I've been playing with her since yeah that would have been twenty thirteen um. So quite a while, I'd, and Ayrton and, and Jeremy, I, I met obviously since moving to Wellington. Mm. Um, Ayrton's one of the busiest men in town, mm. I would say. Mm. Uh, I, I play yeah. with him yeah. very frequently uh, um, with my organ trio um, yep. at Hashiko Zake often. Right. Um, 
and oh, with with uh, Mark Lockett's usual suspects. Just, oh right, just yeah, yeah, lo- yeah, lots of lots of yeah, and and it's jam sessions. Ethan's everywhere, and and he's great. <laughs> um, and Jeremy, uh, I would have actually met before Ethan. Ethan's a little bit um a little bit older, um, but Jeremy was in he was one year ahead of me at jazz school, mm. um, so he I would have met when I first moved to Wellington. Um, uh, yeah, he was he was playing in the combo I was in at the time when we um, had a workshop with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra when they came mm. down to Wellington. Okay, okay. Um, cool. I was I was playing with with Jeremy with that, and he was playing um, in the in the School of Music big band. Yep. At the time as well. Mm. Um, mm. And you know he's 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 a busy man as well. He, he's mm. been in the Air Force band also for a long time. Okay. Um, and he's he's been with what, uh, like Jimmy and the Jets. Yeah. Um, Nick, I was band for a while. Um, uh, sorry, Jeremy, if I'm getting any of this wrong. But he was playing with Doctor Recknor for a while. He might still be. I, f- I forget. Mm. Um, he was. Did he ever play? I don't think he played with Halfcast, but. Um, Yeah, and he's he, he was in Auckland for a little while actually, but we're, we're mm. glad to have him back. Okay, cool. Oh well, that sounds fantastic. And uh, where else are you playing uh, on this tour? Um, what other dates do you have aside from the Dunedin? Uh, so currently, we've got the the we have the twenty seventh um, at the Lake Cafe in Picton. Oh, awesome! Um, cool. And that's actually part of the uh, Open Ear Festival. That's okay. Ear, yep. like um, the things you hear with on the side of your head yeah 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 right um <laughs> uh run by peter shoney yeah mm, mm. um uh so yeah 27th lake cafe as as part of their open ear festival mm, um and then after after doing obviously we've got the 29th with you guys um down in yep. dunedin um at the albany street loft mm-hmm. um and then we'll be heading back up uh for the 31st in uh littleton uh, at Wunderbar. Mm. Awesome. Um, and potentially, obviously, negotiations were uh, were halted during lockdown mm. when no one really knew what was going on. Mm. Um, I, I was just putting out some feelers on potentially um, finding another date on, on the 30th mm-hmm. um, on our way back up somewhere between um dunedin and christchurch mm. doesn't look like the the penguin club i know is closed until right one. right so yes yeah, it's, it's tricky um, at the moment not a possibility yeah. but yeah um but they're a good club um support them if you if you're around mm-hmm. where i played mm-hmm. the earlier yeah, in the yeah. year with julie lamb outfit and they were great i i would agree um, that it is a good uh wee space that one in Omaru. Um, yeah but it might be Putting out some feelers around Timaru and Ashburton potentially mm. um, to see what happens. I can't make any promises. Mm. Oh well. Um, if anyone, if anyone listening really wants us to play, feel free to. That is up. But yeah, the the definite ones are the twenty seventh um, in Picton, the 29th in Dunedin, yeah. and the thirty first in Littleton, Christchurch, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. Sounds like an excellent wee tour. And if, so if anyone else is listening from uh, around the South Island and not just Dunedin, you've got some uh, dates uh, to check out there as well. And I assume you can buy tickets online to all of these events. Uh, but for the Dunedin event, as I said before, it's Eventbrite. The tickets are through. And so if you just search for Frank Talbot Quartet and Albany Street Jazz Loft or some kind of combination of those words via Eventbrite, you should come across it, and as I said earlier, tickets are $25 general admission. I've been talking to Frank Talbot. Great to have you in the kind of uh, virtual home studio, for want of a better word, today. And uh, is there anything anything you'd like to finish with? Oh, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm sure I've already said <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, we, well, we've, more than enough. <laughs> well, well, we've covered a we've covered a lot of ground in the interview today, but that's great. It's all been really interesting. Yeah. It's been really interesting to hear yeah. about your background and your um, uh, your influences and and uh, uh, where you draw inspiration from in the musical world. So, Albany Street Jazz Loft, the 29th of this month. 6pm doors, 7pm start tickets via Eventbrite check it out people you've been listening to Frank Talbot and you're with Jazz Junction on Radio 1